It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. The Discover Winter event is on now. And they're blowing out remaining 2023 GMCs. Discounts up to $8,000 plus 0% financing. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Framer Johnny says, boy, tied. Good thing you aren't a general manager. Every player put on waivers seems to be of interest to you. You'd have a roster of a 1,000. LOL. Well, that's from Framer Johnny. Well, first of all, it is a good thing I'm not a general manager. Secondly, I think we'll see. But I think he'll get, I think he'll get claimed. He's a really good player. He's having a poor year, but there are teams out there who can use Adam Razichka, in my opinion. We'll find out. Tomorrow's what? Thursday? Who do we have on as guests tomorrow? Bagged milk. And then naturally, I would imagine someone from Chicago to talk a little Blackhawks with us. I will, uh, I will drink an entire, one entire like bag of milk. Well, talking on the air if he doesn't get cleaned. <laughs> what would that sound like? Yeah, maybe I won't do that. We'll see. We're joined now by our friend Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. I was thinking about you today, Bruce. Uh, I was thinking about you as a walking. I think you can probably walk outdoors now. It's so nice. I've been walking indoors since January the 5th. I took a spill on the 4th, so, and then, of course, the weather got cold. Uh, but today is the day. I am excited about it. I'm going to go walking this afternoon when it warms up a little more and uh, enjoy the fresh air and the scenery. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so nice when, and I mean, it's too early for this weather, but it's so nice when after a period of time when you've kind of been shut in, uh, that you can go out and do that, and and yeah. there's nothing like walking outside, right? No, no. I mean, uh, walking around the track at uh, service places. You know, I got my reps in, but uh, uh, it's a little shy on the fresh air and scenery aspect. Um, that's where getting outside every day does me more good. It does my heart good. It does my head good. So, speaking of reps, uh, Stuart Skinner got his in the first period last night. Oh man, did he ever! And did he ever respond uh, with terrific, uh, per- well, really two periods of hockey. He didn't have much to do in the third, but he was every reason Edmonton was in that game at 1-1 with a chance. Uh, and once they got to the third period, well, that seems to be the team's domain just now. And uh, they, you know, they they took the baton from uh, Stu and delivered it to uh, the other end. And it, but Skinner was the big reason that they had a fighting chance in that game. I I'm of the opinion that that res, the resume for Skinner two years in the AHL playing well, uh, rookie of the year finalist. Uh, like I'm not saying Ken Holland had to. I'm I, I think it was correct to, for him to do it. But he showed great patience with Skinner, and you know I I, I for some reason in my mind. Even though Dubnik had been around longer and was more established when they finally the swarm got him, I, I I just I feel like I guess maybe when you get older you see patterns and that was the worry that they would move off of Skinner. I think some credit needs to be given to the player, but also to management for not panicking in that moment. Yeah, well, there was a point here in mid mid November where the narrative was Oilers need a goalie. In fact, Oilers need two goalies because the ones that uh, that we have 
are not up to the task and they need to make a trade for, you know, anybody. Uh, buddy in San Jose, Blackwood, you know, his name kept coming up and up and up like he was going to be some big upgrade. And uh, Ken Holland, I mean, to his credit, he held, he just held on to his cards and waited for the sevens to turn into aces. <laughs> Somehow they did. Had something up his sleeve, I guess. But uh, uh, Skinner's turnaround in, in particular is remarkable. Like, he had, through uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, he had an 865 save percentage. And since U.S. Thanksgiving, he's had 933, which is to say that the other team is literally scoring half as often per shot than they were before. The, the, the opponent's shooting percentage dropped from 13.5 to 6.7. Wow. At that divide of U.S. Thanksgiving that many see as, a, you know, sort of an important marker of the season. And Skinner's, you know, he's won 18 out of 20 starts and, and uh, uh, 180 goals against average in that time. And he's keeping company with Hellebuck and Demko at the, you know, sort of the top of the charts of uh, goalies over that span he's still you know his whole year stats will suffer a bit for that bad start but uh regression towards the mean has happened and happened hard with Stu skinner and uh holland's um just holding fire and not making a desperation trade because the, the goaltending wasn't getting the job done uh looks like a very wise move in in uh retrospective today I want your because you're you're a wise guy. I don't mean a wise guy, a wise person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I outed you on the radio, Bruce. Oh, uh, no. Everybody knows now. <laughs> so, um, but but you you you've seen things over a period of time, and and I like if I say to you, Ken Holland uh, has a roster that looks like it could win a Stanley Cup championship and deserves that. Well, also allowing criticism for the moves that he made during his coming up on five years that were not good and didn't look good at first blush. I think we can have those two things, but in a world that, that doesn't allow any sort of, you know, reasonable take that is perceived as being down the middle, I think if you call it down the middle, you can be critical of Holland, but he has the team here, he's made the playoffs, and it it looks damn good. Some credit has to be given, fair? Uh, yes, absolutely it does. And, I mean, this business that, uh, you know, mistakes were made, therefore terrible needs to go, should be fired, et cetera, et cetera. And we see the same thing with players where, you know, lots of players, I'll choose Darnell Nurse as a, as a prominent example, that do good things and bad basically every game. Uh, and some choose to only see the bad and others choose to only see the good. And really, the properly way, you have to take everything into account does the good outweigh the bad uh overall and and uh let's um let's give some credit where it's due you know some of those good moves that holland's made have really paid off i mean the hyman signing is fantastic and in retrospect the Ekholm trade is fantastic and you know many people agreed on that right away and the asmaceu trade still stinks you know and they're still paying the price for that trade. yes uh, you know, and, and all of those are on Holland's record. Uh, he did say the day that he arrived here that he would make mistakes, and he delivered on that promise. Uh, but uh, I think he said something similar to, you know, look at the overall big picture and 
the big picture is that the uh, uh, the Oilers are getting closer. Bruce McCurdy, our guest, Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. So, uh, I'm asking this question not because I don't have other questions, but because the damn answer keeps changing. So, or at least I think it does. So, right now, Bruce, you're in the office with Ken Holland, and he's offered you a, a you know tea and a cookie, and he wants to know where you think the needs of this roster are. Where are they? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, and the list is shorter than it was. I mean, last week we were talking about bottom six forwards, and now in the last seven days, I think they've added two. Uh, in terms of Dylan Holloway getting called up and Corey Perry getting signed, that didn't require uh, any kind of assets going out the door. And so now they have, you know, depth, more depth than they, than they had before. Uh, I still see a hole at uh, uh, bottom center, and specifically a right shot mm-hmm. would be nice to. It would be nice to not run a team of four lefties. Uh, on the other hand, I'm not sure that's a fatal flaw. And Holloway, you know, if he continues to run with this opportunity, if you got McLeod and Holloway uh, three and four C, uh, that's not entirely terrible. And then last night they want to play together. So again, you may be looking at wanting a four C. And so they need to, as they did last year, Holland checked about 16 boxes in that one trade where he brought on Nick Bukestad, uh, all of which is now being. Uh, uh, remembered in light of the guy that got away in the process of making that trade, but getting that guy in at you know three hundred thousand below NHL minimum, that was huge right shot, could play center or wing, could kill penalties, was good in the dot. You know that was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things taken care of at once. Uh, what uh, what went wrong was they wound up playing him up the lineup too far and and, uh, and giving him a bad matchup, and that's of course what folks remember, but. The trade in itself, in terms of what they acquired, made sense. And, and to find another player of that ilk, um, it might be uh, very close to top of the charts now. Yeah, it's it's um, it's an interesting roster, made more interesting by Fogel and McLeod in recent days. I'll say. Yeah, well, those guys, I mean, Fogel, during the 14-game winning streak, he's got 14 points at even strength. Yeah. Uh, leads the team. Warren Fogel. Uh, I mean, who saw that coming? <laughs> Got a power play goal last night, too, I noticed. I think that's his second special teams point. I mean, this guy does all of his scoring at five-on-five. Five. I noticed in your uh, blog today, uh, you have him scoring at a first-line rate. In fact, the top 32, you have four Oilers in the top 32, which is a top player rate, not just a top-line rate in a 32-team league. Uh, but he's got to be the shocker among them. And, of course, uh, Ryan McLeod uh, has been delivering the goods uh, uh, as well. Yeah, I thought it was a fine game last night. I uh, didn't get any points, but it wasn't because he wasn't involved in uh, scoring plays. He just was the fourth last guy to touch the puck kind of thing. If you're Corey Perry, do you want in this lineup before they lose? Uh, well, what you don't want is to come into the lineup the day they lose. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, I think he probably wants in this lineup as soon as he can get in there, and that's uh, uh, it's a question of who comes out. Last night for the first two periods, I kind of thought a few of the guys that were you know 
sort of put on notice that Corey Perry's coming after one of your jobs, and I thought none of them responded great in the, in the first part of that game, but um, uh, did a little bit better in the third or saw less ice time in the third. Uh, but I almost envision that they might start rotating players a little bit because they got a very heavy schedule, you know, after this big break. They play 36 games in the last 70 days yeah. of the season. And if you have, I mean, look, let's assume no injuries. And if you have Corey Perry and, and uh, Sam Gagne and Matthias Janmark and Connor Brown and Derek Ryan all playing four out of every five games, I don't see that as a bad thing. Yeah. It's... So you're saying right-handed center and probably a seventh defenseman because they always do that. What about yeah, well, yeah, seventh yeah. D man? It almost goes without saying that is page one of Holland's trade deadline manual. Four years out of four in Edmonton, his first trade for an incoming player was always for a veteran defenseman. Do you um, where are? Because I think Calvin Pickard might be good enough, and I don't know that, but I'd like to see. Is that where you are? Well, we don't know that he isn't. And we do know that, uh, as of right now, the Oilers have four healthy uh, goalies in the organization, and all four of them are playing well. So if Calvin Pickard falters to the point that he, you know, he has a, 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 a number of bad games, you know, let's say even two or three in a row, they have other options within the organization. For right now, if you were to say, well, we want to give Olivier Rodrigo a look, so let's wave Calvin Pickard. It's bye-bye that you're waving because someone will claim him sure yeah and there's just no need like he's playing one game every 10 games and he comes in he gives in two goals and always win so that's fine <laughs> i'm trying to decide whether i want to ruin your day or not okay so there's a bones yeah, no. bones has sent a role play question i was going to answer it myself but i think i'd rather hear your answer Uh-oh. so bruce you are jeff jackson Ken Holland walks into the office at the end of the season and says, you know, I think I'd like to stick around a little longer. Do you entertain bringing back Ken Holland as GM? Well, his five-year contract is up. Uh, It seemed like a turning point even the day Jeff Jackson was announced. And we've seen, uh, I think, one or two moves, notably the change of coaching staff that seemed to have Jackson's fingerprints all over it. Uh, and I'll also notice that the Oilers have uh, two or three positions in the organization that they call special advisor or some such. Uh, and maybe there's uh, um, something, some middle ground like that. I was going to say president of hockey operations, but Jackson himself is the CEO of hockey operations, so I'm not sure... How many more presidents, vice presidents, and uh, and uh, so on that you need? But that that might happen. I kind of think, though, like he's as old as I am, for goodness sake. So, you know, Holland is. So he's uh, he's got to be thinking of putting his feet up in front of the fire at some point. Uh, that said, when he had that opportunity in Detroit, he didn't last what six weeks, and he's yeah. here. Well, I, yeah, I think he's a he's a life. It's like yeah, it's like you. You know, you you have to walk indoors for like two weeks, and you're mad as hell, Bruce. You know. Yeah, there's that, isn't there? So yeah, uh, yeah I wouldn't surprise me that he would say, "Yeah, I want to stick around for a couple more years." But uh, in a perfect world, Oilers win the cup. No. Yeah. 
And he rides in the front car in the parade, and people actually applaud, and and he moves on, and the orders move forward. Uh, but uh, uh, perfect worlds uh, don't always happen, but that sure would be, uh, you know, I mean, that's, he, he wants that one last cup, and it would be great if it just happened right away this year after, you know, after the five-year effort. Yeah. And they're getting close, but, geez, the playoffs are just such a... a uh, unwieldy beast, and you never know what what challenges are coming from what direction. But uh, uh, they're looking strong right now, and there's you know no no real denying that. But on the other hand, we haven't seen them play a super top team for quite a while. That's a good point. Good point, Bruce. You're a good fella. All right, thank you, Alan. <laughs> have a good one. Thank you, sir. And have a great week. Don't cut me off, Declan. Until I wish you guys that. Thank you. <laughs> There he goes, Bruce McCurdy, riding into the sunset. <laughs> uh, that was a, you know, I, I, I just feel like there's, there are online, once you have an opinion, I think there are just people who can't let it go. And they can't, like, you You should be able to say, I totally disagree with the Athanasiu deal. The Keith deal for me wasn't strong. I didn't think the Ethan Bear for Fogel deal would work, and it worked beyond expectations. The Hyman deal is the best free agent signing the Oilers have ever had. The Matthias Ekholm trade is brilliant. His patience with Skinner and McLeod, top drawer. This team looks like they could win the Stanley Cup. That's the goal. So I think you can be critical of the Athanasiu the Keith acquisitions, but like the Fogel for Bear deal, if it turns the way that Holland wanted it to, I think it should be acknowledged, and the good things that he's done also should be acknowledged. I think there's a way to be fair and critical. And for some reason, there's a lot of Oilers fans who are unable to do that. And, you know, you, you are called an apologist and all of, I, I, somewhere along the way, we lost the ability to express nuanced opinions and, and something that didn't sound angry, even when we're talking about sports. And I, I think we should get back there however we can. And I'm not smart enough to know how, but. Not everything is a hill to die on. It's 119. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Liking the music you're playing today, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. What would your DJ name be? Probably just like DJ DK, right? What about Fresh Declan? Fresh Dex? I don't mind Okay, Fresh Fresh Dex, Dex, even better. Got to rhyme a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think actually, you know what? I like Fresh Dex. I think I'm going to okay. roll with that. How about Fleck Deck? I don't like no. that as much. No, we're getting colder. Okay. I, when I become a rapper, I, I'll probably I flew just too go close by, to the sun. Yeah, way you know? too close. When I become a rapper, I'll probably just go by Declan Kruger. Like, How about I'll just be a name guy? Booger Kruger. Won't be doing that. <laughs> um, okay. A uh, couple of things. First, I, I don't talk about baseball a lot i'd love to talk more but i I get upset so i can't 
But I'm so pleased that Adrian Beltre made uh, the Hall of Fame. He helped me win two, uh, or at least one, Edmonton Rotisserie League championships, which is really important. Uh, I built my deck with it, so it was money. And he had, I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm not going to get it right, but there was a year where he's playing, I think, winter ball. And he had surgery somewhere. I don't remember when. And it didn't heal. Like, this is like 20 years ago. It did, like, it, it didn't, like, he had this surgery, and I think it was in wherever, uh, Central America, and it didn't go well, didn't heal. He had to have another surgery, and he lost a year, and he, like, came back, and it wasn't right. And I always thought to myself, if he misses out on a Hall of Fame career because this, you know, surgery went poorly, it, that's terrible. But I don't have to worry about that anymore. I mean, I know it's not a big deal in the whole, you know, life journey. But I think about those things. You know, like it's it's like Declan here. You know, he is going to have a great life. But what if he goes in for surgery? What kind of surgery do you plan on getting? Well, actually, it's funny you bring that up because my I cannot breathe out of my right nostril. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's just it's just is it blocked or yeah, it's blocked. Like I'm did sure you do there's... too much gum in grade school. Well, or? no, but if you recall, you know, I boxed for some time. Oh, and that involves, uh, you know, getting hit in the nose pretty frequently, uh, right. especially because like when you spar, you wear headgear, but the headgear doesn't cover your nose. There's some that has a bar right. that does, but generally it just covers, you know, cuts and bruising. So my nose is pretty, uh, pretty torched. I'm a bad snorer. And I'll, I'll give you a demonstration after this of me breathing out of my nostrils. We'll because do it now. So it's like, oh, oh, like, you got nothing. You, ca- I, it's you got impo- nothing yeah, there. I can't breathe out of my right nostril at all. It is completely blocked. I'm are a you one sure? It's, it, are you sure it's that, or did did Mrs. Andrews put like a eraser up there or something? She may have. I probably blocked that out of my memory, okay. but it's not off the table. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is more information than I really. <laughs> I was just thinking about maybe you were going to have some cosmetic surgery or whatever, but you should get that taken care of, just so you know. No, I'm pretty good with how... Well, yeah. Does my, it, is it to contribute to your nasal sound? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I can't breathe out of it at all. It yeah. is, uh, yeah, it's completely uh, do, messed do you, up. Does it affect how, which side you sleep on, or do you sleep on your back, or... You I, know, I generally sleep on my back, I Upside think. down like a bat? No, it doesn't, like, I wouldn't... The thing is, it's just been such commonplace for me for so many years that I've learned to kind of live you got around no, it. But. You got no torque out of that one nostril no nothing just uh-huh. I'm and you know my girlfriend always jokes she's like well what if something happens to the, the other nostril good point and then you just got to walk around breathing out of your mouth all the time but yeah you'd be a mouth breather then i would well no. i even more of a mouth breather really <laughs> but yeah no it's tough because i you know i i used to run quite a fair bit and i was doing that all uh, out of one nostril so it was tough but i made it work uh do you know that keith ralph the lead singer of the yardbirds had one lung Really? Yeah. True wow. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with you, but uh, also Joe Maurer uh, is in the Hall of Fame along with Beltre and Todd Helton. So the Hall of Fame got some bats. They don't put anybody in the Hall of Fame anymore. I don't care as much because Tim Raines is in now, but. The MLB Hall of Fame has lost a significant amount of legitimacy for Thank it. You. With, for many reasons, right. but the biggest one is, of course, the exclusion of Barry Bonds. 
You know, I could kiss you. Yeah. The, I, I'm not kidding you. I, I, my problem is I don't have a heart problem. I don't have a blood pressure problem. But I'm at an age where I take pills for blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I know I get upset about baseball, so I don't talk about it. And be, uh, because the owners are hateful, and I can't just let things go. But Barry Bonds not being in the Hall of Fame is is the worst thing about baseball. And I say that understanding how much bad is about baseball. Put him uh, in the Hall of Fame. I would say, and obviously my sports fandom is generally re- restricted to North American sports with a couple, you know, Olympic mm-hmm. sport, whatever it no. may be. High lie. I would no. say that is the biggest black eye on any leagues. Amen. Definitely Amen. Hall of Fame. Certainly credentialed players in any sport. It is so unnecessary. It's so cruel. And it is so typical and i use the word typical spitting it out not gonna get upset about major league baseball so what should i adam razichka is on waivers i think he'll get claimed and so if he doesn't get claimed i will buy you an ice cream cone sounds like a great deal do you like ice cream i like ice cream are you sure yeah you know like cheese yeah so i'll buy you an ice cream cone i will have to you know, buy it from somewhere around here because I don't plan on spending time with you, but I will purchase an ice cream cone. And I don't have to give you anything. No, well, that's the, the other side of it. Okay. If uh, if he does get claimed, you owe me a new car. <laughs> you know what? Deal. <laughs> You'll just get me a dinky toy. Do you, do you ever have, like, Hot Wheels? Oh, my God. I had so many Hot Wheels. Did you really? That was my thing, yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you another one because I get so much flack for... Uh, for okay, me. I will buy you a Hot Wheels if, if Rosichka doesn't get claimed. You buy me a Hot Wheels if he does. Deal. And I'll tell you this really quickly, then we'll get back to sports. Because, no, we uh, won't. But you make, a, you make a lot of quips. The text line's made a lot of quips about me. Uh, not, you know, my parents have come up. And when I was a kid, whenever they would leave for work, I would always give one of them my Hot Wheels car, and I would say, this is something to remember me by. And they would always <laughs> take it with them to work. So, nice. Yeah. Justin says, don't kiss Declan too long, LT. Otherwise, he won't be able to breathe. See, people are always thinking, oh, they, they care. Declab Beats. Is that good? Yeah, I like Deck Fresh, but, you know. Deck Fresh is good. Deck, deck I think, would have to be a, a... Could it be like a suffix? Could there be something <laughs> Deck? Yeah, we could, we could figure something out. New right? Deck, Built Deck. I've, aluminum deck. Well, I mean, it, it, with fresh decks, it is a suffix. Oh. <laughs> and I, I still like that one. Look, I'm I'm busy over here not listening to you. I don't know why you insist on bringing me stuff you've said. Uh, baseball owners had no problem profiting off the steroid era. For some reason, don't honor the players. It's a joke. I feel, I'm going to cry. Everybody is agreeing with me today about this. Montana DeRice, I love you. Thank you. It bothers me. It also bothers me that the guy they don't put in is Barry Bonds and not, you know, somebody who's not Barry Bonds. Fresh deck. Yes, Keith Ralph, lead singer and great harmonica player on one lung. I know Joe Bananas. Really good. Really, really good. What's your favorite Yardbird song? Declan? Oh, well, there's just so many. <laughs> there's just I don't know if I could pick just one. Do you ever do you ever do you ever go home at night and go, 
When's this guy going to retire? I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> no, but I do go home sometimes and I, I have a, you know, I have a, a couple moments of like, man, I'm probably not going to be pre- prepared for something that comes out of the blue. Oh, well. If I had to, you know, name one just off the top of my head um, with completely without looking it up, I would probably say it is evil hearted you. Okay, that's yeah. good. I will tell you my favorites because I don't I I like them all. But I, happening ten years times ago, uh, I'm a man. Heartful of soul is so good. Shapes of things um, for your love is really good. Um, the Nazar Blue, the group the Naz got their name from the song the Nazar Blue. The Yardbirds are really good. But happening 10 years time ago is good. I think Beck and Paige are both on that one. Al, you know that's a lie. You owe Lieutenant Eric lunch from seven years ago from Justin. Yes. Yeah. I don't pay out on debts, but I'll pay this one. I'll get a, I'll get a Hot Wheels. There was a Cougar Hot Wheels from like 73 or so, and it had like metallic gold paint, and that was my favorite. I loved it. My dog ate it. <laughs> Hammer and the dog trying to get dogs are weird. I love dogs, but they're strange. It bothers me so much that Bonds, McGuire, the rest of the steroid era players aren't in. The owners of Major League Baseball used those players to make the game popular for years. They ignored the problem for money. Then, when public opinion changed, they threw the players under the bus. Also, put Rose in from uh, Derek. <laughs> this the, exactly it. They're making money hand over fist. And then Bud Selig stands up there and goes, well, this is horrible. Really? Are you kidding me? You can't do it. See, there I go again. Double Decker. No, he's a, he's a, he's a thin fella. So he's a, not a good fella. That's McCurdy. Can you believe I called him a mobster? <laughs> I called him a made man. He's not that. My favorite yard bird is the magpie. You know, magpies are beautiful. I know they can be jack-o'-lanterns with other birds because they they mock them and intimidate them and they they make them. But they are beautiful. Magpies are stunningly beautiful birds. I will not back down on that. Uh, I'm not a bird expert, but I know what I like. It's like the Yardbirds. I know that I like them. Magpies are great. Stacked deck wouldn't work. No. LT, are you putting up a kissing booth in the mall for Martin? No, Martin. I don't think that would work. Baseball Hall of Fame. How about Theo Fleury? In the Hockey Hall of Fame? I think he'll eventually get there. Declination. Oh, well. Upper deck. Now, that would be great for baseball season. What are we going to call this feature about the NBA you're about to do? That's a good question. Um, You know, it was obviously just listed as NBA Wednesday when the show line, when the show lineup went out. Um, I like. uh, Whew. I don't know. I don't. You're the name guy. Like I'm struggling here. You're letting me drown. Not a big deal. 
Um, <laughs> I, I just I like calling it NBA Wednesday with Declan. We got it nice have, and simple and to the point. Like well, we don't need to pull any punches here. Uh, Duncan with Declan. Ooh. But I can't dunk. I used to be able to touch the rim, but I was never able to dunk because I'm obviously five eleven. But yeah. Are you 5'11"? Yeah, I'm 5'11", but I tell people I'm 5'9". You're the tallest person in this building. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Who's tall? Gregor, maybe. Gregor's definitely taller than me. Carius, okay. too. Well, Carius is tall. You're right. Carius can skate. I didn't know that about him. Around the Hoop, Dex Buckets, Duncan Declan, DJ Tech Deck. Saw a flock of magpies surround and attack a rabbit. I know, but they're beautiful doing it. Somebody sent me a, a a a video of a deer eating a bird the other day. I had nasal polyps that blocked both nostrils. Underwent nasal resection surgery. It's as ugly as it sounds to unblock my nasal passages. The follow-up visit after the surgery. Okay, the gloss not good. It was worth it in the end. I can breathe quite freely from Phil. Yeah, get that taken care of, would you? Well, my biggest thing is, the biggest roadblock for me is, you know, I obviously haven't boxed as seriously or, you know, obviously as competitively as I have for a few years now. But, you know, if I ever do decide to do it again, which I do plan to, I don't want to correct my nose until till it's all over. Because chances are it'll get busted up again. You're going to fight again? I would like to. Yeah, I'd like to have a couple. Declan, more. stop that. You do know, not just, fight again. It's just, I listen. Declan, you've got a perfectly good brain and you're a good looking guy. <laughs> That's, the, I worry about my brain a lot. Stop it. Just don't do it, man. It's just like nothing else, you, you know, nothing else you've ever experienced. The adrenaline is like nothing. I can't compare it to anything. Learn how to, like, Hang glide or or oh that's way more dangerous. I'm I like forget about that. I'm karaoke or I don't know. I could get down with karaoke. Run up the stairs from the river valley. Yeah, I do that. Declan, please promise me you're never going to box again. Oh no, I can't make that promise. There's no way. Oh, I need to talk to your mom and dad. Oh, they'll be on your side. They never came to one of my boxing matches. Well, you know what? I love your mom and dad. Yeah, they never came. I'm not going to counsel you because I'm not your dad, but we're going to talk. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. That's WolfGMCBuick.com. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, if you're typing it out. So, should we should we call it Rim Shots? What which could we call the NBA feature? What was wrong with uh, what was wrong with NBA Wednesday? You didn't like that one. It's kind of bland. It's it's pretty bland. Yeah, I hear you, but you know, gets to the point. It's really bland. Okay, we're not a bland show. We may not be around a long time, so we got to add some spice to it as well. But we're not bland. Yeah. All right. Fair. We'll we'll workshop the name. Okay. But Ringer. Yeah, Ringer's good. They're all good. You got a lot of good ideas. Okay, sure I do. Okay, what's uh, what, what's the, the Embiid? I imagine we're talking about. Well, we can certainly talk about Joel Embiid's seventy-point performance. Obviously, nice. incredible. Nice. You know, Joel Embiid has the fourth highest points per game average in NBA history. Yeah, but the, the problem with that is when he gets older, it'll go down, right? Well, you would think, you would think, but there are a lot of guys who played a dominant, you know, a dominant center position like the Will Chamberlains of the world, who's you know number Kareem. two. 
Yeah, Kareem is another one. Kareem's all-time point totals are high. His career average isn't as high because he, you know, he, well, he did played forever, games, but he did like, play forever. You know, yeah, I mean, so you, you would assume insane. it'll go down. But the point I'm trying to make is this guy plays at an incredible offensive clip. An offensive clip we really haven't seen from a center since Shaquille O'Neal. Now, Nikola Jokic, of course, does more passing the ball and rebounding the ball, getting his teammates involved through that offense. But even of some of the pa- the dominant big guys we've seen since Shaq, you know, Dwight Howard, it was he was he could score the ball, but he was a defensive force. Tim Duncan was in a perfect system, phenomenal player, but he wasn't some dominant offensive go and get you 36 a night guy like Joel Embiid was and you see you know I don't know who else you want to throw on that list DeAndre Jordan was never obviously really in there he, he was just a rebounder catching lobs from Chris Paul but the point I'm trying to make is this is a return of an incredibly dominant center and so long maybe not so long but since Steph Curry has really taken the league by the reins the game has been predicated on three-point shooting because three-point shooting, of course, you only need to shoot 33% from three to have the same amounts of, amount of points you need to shoot 50% from two. And that was the thought process for a lot of teams. That's what the analytics suggested. Now we've seen how dominant Joel Embiid can be offensively. You wonder, and a guy getting drafted like Victor Wembanyama, first overall, who's seven foot four, you wonder if the game is going to shift back uh, back towards now. Now the argument against that is Joel Embiid's lack of performance in the playoffs. Joel Embiid this season is shooting 12 free throws a game. He gets to the line. He makes part of his living there. That is not conducive in the playoffs because the games get officiated a little bit differently. Things get more aggressive. They let them play, things of that nature. You have to wonder what uh, what uh, the future of offensive game planning is going to look like when you're drafting guys like Wembenyana, when a guy like Alex Starr is projected to go number one this next year, when a guy like Joel Embiid is maybe well on his way to winning a second second MVP, and a guy like Nikola Jokic is the focal point of a championship-winning team in the Denver Nuggets. Now, obviously, Jokic is different because... Like I said, he can pass the ball. He can rebound. Not a great defender, granted. But still, you wonder the things like that. But, I mean, just to get back to what we were talking about right off the hop here, 70 points, incredible. Only nine players in NBA history have scored 70 points in a game. Joel Embiid is one of them. Elite company. And he broke Wilt Chamberlain's record for most points scored by a Philadelphia 76er. There's a running joke among NBA fans and historians and analysts, etc., that the NBA history book is nicknamed Wilt's autobiography. So anytime you pass up Wilt in a category like that and, you know, set a record breaking, uh, have a record breaking performance, it's pretty incredible elite status. So I took you in a direction. Where did you want to go? Well, you know, we were probably, uh, we were probably at fault ourselves because we didn't really. You know, preview this segment too well. We didn't no. know what direction we were well, going. We, but, but we're out here with a tin can tied to a string, tied to another tin can. No, I just feel like, generally speaking, to talk about the state of the league because you know we've we've had Paul Sir on a couple times. We've had Brian Gantner on a couple times. To what talk do they about. know? No, we've well we've had them on to talk about the Raptors mainly and things like that. But when you look at the league as a whole, just to give some. Just to give some uh, perspective to everything, I think Boston is probably the team to beat in the East right now. Of course, because the 76ers aren't. The 76ers are always going to be in contention. They're always going to be right there in the regular season. They're not good enough. Uh, they have a guy named Tyrese Maxey now who's he's really, playing well. He's playing great. He's, I would imagine he's going to be an all-star. And I talked about, I've talked a couple weeks ago on this show about having someone who can take the load off Joel Embiid, having someone who can go out there and get you 25 a night when Joel Embiid has an off night. I wasn't sure Tyrese Maxey could be that guy. 
But now it's looked, it's looking like he sure is going to be that guy. And when Joel Embiid has an off night in the playoffs, you need someone to pick up the slack like that. It was never going to be Tobias Harris. Ben Simmons, when he was there, it was never going to be him because, you know, for a number of reasons, but his game isn't predicated on scoring points. His game was predicated on facilitating. Tyrese Maxey finally looks like he can be that guy. And Philadelphia is in a wonderful situation because of that. Now, the counter argument is that Milwaukee and Boston just seem to be so strong. Milwaukee, of course, with the two-headed monster and Giannis and Dan. We'll see what Doc Rivers does there. And Boston is just so well-coached, have such a great roster put together. The addition of Drew Holiday was huge for them. I have to imagine they are the favorites to come out of the East. So who's, who's, who do you like in the West? Matt, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with something crazy. <laughs> Before the season... I, I was really thinking that Memphis, who was the second seed last year, now obviously John Moran was suspended for 25 games, you know, to start the season, but I really thought Memphis could make some serious noise in the Western Conference. Jaron Jackson Jr. is an incredible defensive presence. Desmond Bain just got a lot of money and he's showing this season he can really score the ball. I thought the, um, the addition of Marcus Smart was going to be great for the perimeter defense. And of course, I think John Morant is one of the most electrifying, transcendent players in the league right now. John Morant's out for the season, and the Memphis Grizzlies are sitting at 16 and 27 through 43 games. So I may have been a little off. Uh, well, off you, here on you were that a year one. early, is what happened. I really think, like, c- c- all the credit in the world to OKC and Minnesota for being where they are. They're tied for first in the uh, West. Are right you going to pick both, the Nuggets? They're both 30 and 13. I. This is what I'm going to get to. I think OKC is too young. I don't think they have enough playoff experience, even though they're playing well. Minnesota, they've made it work with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, but I worry that when you get into the playoffs and games become a shootout, as good as they are defensively, especially Rudy Gobert, I just worry that if Ant isn't clicking, they don't have the firepower to outshoot teams. Just say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting around to it because I know we got to wrap up. L.A. is the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA in recent memory. They look great every, every, every regular season, and then they falter when it comes into the postseason. You're going to hurt me. Just say it. Denver has ah. that the best player in the world. They have another guy in Jamal Murray who's as good a second option you can have when you have a first op- option in Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic. And I just think they have what it takes. Now, they did lose. You know, Bruce Brown was huge for them in the playoff run lately, but I just think they have everything working for them. I think Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic is good enough to go back to back as an NBA champion. I do like Denver out of the West. I'm not saying they win well, it, but I do like me. them to get because out. Because I'd like to Oklahoma City because they like they remember when Oklahoma City lost everybody, like and and people were like ah, I guess it's not going to happen for them. I want Oklahoma City to win because of Shea. Yeah, you know Shea is a phenomenal player. Shea puts up phenomenal numbers, but to this point in his career, he has not contributed to winning basketball. And I'm not talking about regular season records, although this is the best he's done. He has not contributed to to winning basketball in the playoffs. So he's like Embiid West. Embiid at least has playoff series wins. You know, Embiid is a conference final in 2019 where it came down to a miracle shot by Kawhi Leonard to send them home. Otherwise, that game goes to overtime. Who knows what happens? Shea Gilgis Alexander is tremendous, but to this point in his career has not contributed to winning basketball, and he needs to do that at some point. He needs to take a leap. He's not some young guy anymore. This is his sixth season. If you're going to be that guy, if you're going to be first team all NBA like he was last season, you have to start playing winning basketball. They look great with Chet. They have a good young roster. I worry this year is not their year because of how young they are okay this was a great segment we have to do this every wednesday but it's time to go because we are gregor on the way thanks so much to all of our guests i enjoyed it thoroughly difficult day for canadians no doubt about that gregor will tell you more 
Thanks for tuning in. Tomorrow we've got bagged milk and a preview of the Oilers. We'll talk about the Condors game, which is tonight as well. This has been the Lowdown with Low Tide. Thanks for tuning in. Time for an update.